Stretchy pose? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> so we've been working on that, that intro. That's, I think that sounds... Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in... Uh, there's always room for, you know, improvement, I think. Yeah. You know, nothing's ever perfect. This whole thing is really just going to constantly evolve. Uh, if we, you know, if we do it right, this whole thing is going to evolve. Yeah, evolve into what? I don't know. I don't even want to think about that because, you know, you just, uh, yeah. I want to talk to people about how they, by the time getting to the good stuff, you know what I mean? Like, how people find the patience to get through the world to get, you know, to get to the, the points, the bits, the beats, the moments that they enjoy in Patience. I think that's the key word there because, you know, you're, uh, I guess while you're waiting, while you're being patient, it can get really frustrating. And, you know, that's when, you know, people say, ah, fuck it. You know, they can't, you know. And then you hear people, you know, uh, who are very successful and when they give their speeches and how they got to where they, you know, are now, they're like, don't lose sight of your dream. And and they're all this, uh, you know, Keep your head down, do the work, it'll happen to you. All these little bumper sticker phrases that, you know, I think are hopeful. They they give hope, and I think hope is way too dangerous. And I think, you know, I don't know. Because then people think, oh, well, that could be me. Because if it happened to them, it could happen to me. And, you know, and I think that's dangerous. Yeah. Isn't that what populism is? Like, um, like, oh, well, if I were him, I would do that, so I support him doing that. You know, if I were that guy, I'd just be like, hey, fuck you. And yeah, no, I'm, I'm, let me clarify my point then a little bit. What I'm, specifically what I'm, what pops into my brain is, you know, is uh, actors who are giving their Oscar acceptance speeches or, or you see, uh, you know, you... Uh, yeah, so let's use that example. Uh, you know, people who who give their those actors who give their Oscar speeches and and they say, you know, oh, I didn't think it was going to happen. You know, my dream is fine. That type of thing, right? Yeah. Where they say, uh, you know, I never thought, you know, it could happen either, but it did. So for all those kids out there, keep doing it. You know, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what I mean. And so that's you know. That's what I mean, right? Feeling hopeful and, well, it happened to him, so it could happen to me, yeah. you know. I guess I'm am specifically talking about 
I'm talking about the entertainment industry. I am talking about that part of it, I think. Because that's, you know, we're both, we're both artists and we're both actors. So I think, um, you know, that's what, yeah, I think that's what we, I don't know. Yeah. Stop watching us people on Sunday. Oh, fuck me too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's, there doesn't seem like there's been a lot of inspirational Oscar acceptance speeches lately. Like, it's been, like, fun one-liners and, like, like a bit of a, you know, like, like I don't know, real insane themes. Yeah, I think it's bullshit. I think, you know, and I, uh, have I ever gotten, you know, have I ever been that guy who watches the Oscars? I guess so. Just, you know, I don't know. I Because, I, you know, we want to see ourselves up there, right? So we have this idea in our head. Yeah. You know, and that goes to the whole, you know, hopeful thing. You know, like, oh, maybe someday I'm going to be there, you know. And, um, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I used to, I used to watch the Tonys as well all the time, you know. And yeah, all the time. Um, but, I don't know, maybe it's just where I am right now in my life where I don't really want to see that. I haven't even seen theater in, in a while and I work at a theater right I, I can see shows all the time but for some reason I just don't really feel like what doing that oh yeah um yeah yeah I don't, I don't know I don't know there's not a lot of theater that I would want to shout out 69 yeah uh <laughs> It is, right? And, um, you know, I think uh, that's why I really love improv so much is because, you know, when you go see improvised theater, it, the ticket prices tend to be accessible, more accessible than uh, traditional, you know, theater ticket, right? So, yeah, you're in $60, that's your, you're going on the low end of that as well, right? So, um, yeah, uh, you know, so I think that's why I really love, you know, improv. And when it's really done well... It compares and rivals any, you know, sort of polished theater production that you would pay that $60 to go see, right? Uh, and who knows, right? You're taking a gamble. Uh, but when it's not that well, it's still fun. Like, you know, like, there's people on stream putting themselves out there. I think, like... Well, that's a thing, too. Yeah. I think what happens in the, in this city is that a lot of people, you know, who haven't seen improv before will go to an improv show, but it'll be a show that, you know, so-and-so's friend is in or whatever, but it'll be a show with people who are still learning, people who are, uh, you know, it'll be a student show where, you know, or something, or it'll be, um, you know, it'll be a, a show that's uh, more comedy-driven than, than, uh, than theater, Right. I mean, it all it all is theater, but there's different styles of improv. And I think a majority, you know, you'll get that person who's never seen improv before. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> See, like, I just found this thing and uh, I quite enjoy it. It's uh, a gem now available in Ontario, Canada. Okay. Chili <laughs> <laughs> is other than uh, enjoying 
I was on a rant there. And then you handed me a vaporizer and then you stopped it. <laughs> you put the brakes on, buddy. I was in a Ferrari. You show me the you just showed me the stop sign, bro. <laughs> Not at all. This is just, you know, relaxed opinion. <laughs> you were talking about the improvisation that No, we were talking about accessible theater and why I love improv is because it is accessible, right? How did you come to it? Uh, well, I was, um, I've always, you know, been a comedy dude. I've, you know, I grew up watching comedies and, and, uh, I was raised in front of, you know, the TV a little bit, you know, so, you know, my, my comedy, uh, mind comes from like those sitcom days and, you know, those, even those, uh, even when I was younger, uh, I would watch old black and white, you know, Laurel and Hardy's and, you know, some Chaplin stuff and so it's weird it's weird for like a 10 year old to be sitting watching Chaplin you know it's like oh that's kind of weird um but uh you know I, I always I always love that I've always uh you know I've always took to that and I think um you know as I grew up I went to school for theater but then uh, after theater you know I always thought I would be you know musical guy because I went to school for music theater but um I guess uh I started <coughs> I don't know started really getting into comedy and then started to do improv and then uh you know i just you know it just my personality suits it uh i really love the disposable part of that art form where you you know nothing you do can be recreated because it's improv you what you see is is you'll never see again right and so that's why it's special because you know People are, there's a, you know, you're there with a, with hopefully a, a big audience or you're, you're there with an audience. And so there's this beautiful, uh, understanding where we're never going to see this again. So let's make it special. And, you know, it's going to be awesome if, uh, everyone agrees to like put their shit out there and everyone's, you know, yeah. uh, you know, doing their job. Um, and, and I loved improv because it is a form of escape. It is a form of, uh. I don't know. From nowadays, <laughs> there's uh, there's improv for anxiety. There's uh, improv for uh, to make people more confident. Uh, you know, improvised classes uh, that help you public speaking, yeah, yeah. right? And so, I think uh, you know, and sometimes people use that for you know for therapy. So that's a way of decluttering as well. And improv is being used for you know, for, for mental health. And I think that's, I think that's incredible. Right. And if you have the right instructor and the right, you know, person guiding you and leading you, uh, you know, you can really break through some amazing things and have fun while doing it. And, you know, without, you know, having that therapy thing. Right. Yeah. 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 At the same time though, the same thing that's so great about the etherealness, uh, is also, uh, kind of a weakness. Or like it can, uh, you know, it can, it's difficult to build off of that. Explain. If each, if each performance is its own and not, you know, recreatable, um, then it's difficult to get to a point where, you know, like, 
that flips into like a regular thing, you know? But it's not a regular thing though, right? That's why it is special. And I mean, it will never be exactly the same, but you can have a thematic, you know, uh, a thematic umbrella where you're going to hit every night, yeah. right? You can have that, co- you can, ha- you can have that, um, you know, you can have that, I guess, common denominator over a run of shows where, you know, you know, not every show is going to be the same word by word, but, you know, thematically or a relate or relationships or, and it's a different type of improv too. I mean, like, you know, there's, uh, you know, you can do it with characters and, and stuff, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, but you know, yeah, it is different. It, 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 you don't like a normal theater run, you're doing the same thing over and over again, right? And yeah. and so eventually you're going to create some sort of momentum and some sort of, you know, oh, now we're grooving, now we're cooking type thing. But I think, uh, you know, you can still achieve that with uh, with improvised theater as well. Right. It's just different. Yeah, can I ask a question then? No. Uh, well, can I do that anyway? Yeah. Um, what, what's, what does the great improviser know and bring her with their performance that like a new person who's new to improvise, improvisation doesn't know? Uh, fear, lack of, right. right? I think as you get good, I think, you know, you become less afraid. Um, and that's all it is. I mean, I've, uh, you know, I've done imp- improv classes with, with kids and I've done improv classes with it for adults, right? And the major difference between the two are... You know, if I say to a group of kids, okay, play cops and robbers, go. They're going to immediately, without question, start playing, right? I say that to a group of adults, okay, adults, play cops and robbers, go. Immediately, there's a discussion, okay, who's the cop, who's the robber, all this, you know, shit needs to be organized. Now, what are you going to do? What, are, You know, there's this, uh, you know, this thing. <laughs> you know, and because everyone, uh, exactly, and then there's this weird hesitant, you know, thing, whereas kids immediately will start to play, and at the core, at the root, that's all Im- good improv is, is playing, so um, that's the difference, right, and so with you, when you have a lot of fear, it's hard to play, because you're fucking afraid of what's, who's thinking of me, and like, what's that person thinking, oh, I feel stupid, that, I shouldn't have said that, or whatever, um, so that's where, you know, yeah, good improv is good when, when it's, uh, and that's where someone who's experienced will hopefully, you know, be different than someone who's starting out. Now it's comedy, you know, and at the end of the day, if it's funny, you know, that's the truth, right? So it doesn't matter who is, who's upstage, if it's, or who's on stage, if it's funny, it's funny. But the answer to your question, yeah, it's, uh, that's what someone who's more experienced would probably bring to the table. What is your method to get to that point where you can improvise? Oh, that's just—it's an art form, like anything else. But I don't—I don't mean it. I don't mean it like through uh, like learning the craft. I mean all the stuff that you do to allow yourself to be an improviser. I, it's like a like job, and the, you know, the, like the rent and like the like. All the things I do so I can be an improviser. Oh, I see. Like, uh, well, 
it's not so I because it's because the, to like no I, I have a job just like everyone else you know I, I have to have a job and I haven't improvised in a while I mean last night I had a, a show yeah yeah uh, it wasn't my show it was uh, on someone else's show but um, but yeah I haven't done it in a while so uh, and I feel weird it's just like if you didn't get to play your bass in a while which I have do you f- and that must make you feel weird a little bit. I picked it up once in 2019. It does and it doesn't. Like, I feel, you know, like, in this podcast, part of this, like, I feel going myself going through a transition. You know, like, gigging is not a good way to make money, and it's a lot of upkeep. Um, hence the music media company and hence the podcast and like you know like going into different areas of expertise where I can maintain uh, creative control or you know some kind of creative control and collaborate and all this kind of stuff Um, you know like rather than playing the bass you know but if you don't get to play I just use that because it's what I know that you're very connected to if you didn't get to use that or, or express yourself with that instrument or through that instrument, would you feel weird? Because I feel weird now. It's almost like if you've gone in a routine where you've gone to the gym every day and your body's used to it and then you don't go, you feel weird. Your mind feels fucked. Something's weird. Something's not aligned. There's a huge disconnection in everything, in mind, body, and, and, and all that. And that's how I feel when I, and that's how I feel now. So that's, it's weird. What, why do you feel? Because I haven't improvised in a while, right? So I haven't done, you know, got to express myself through that creative outlet, right? Right. Do you feel the same when you're not, pl- when you don't get to do that with your primary uh, creative outlet? And I, and, and then I have a feed of that. So, yeah, we answer the first one. So the first part of that question was... Do you feel weird when you're not expressing yourself through your primary creative outlet, which is music? Usually, yes, but this time I haven't because I feel like I'm putting all of that, like, you know, just like that minute detail, uh, creative kind of energy that I do, that I put on bass... I put that onto, you know, like these kinds of creations and like getting into it and editing it and like just fine tuning it so that, uh, so that musically the things happen, uh, you know, and like the, the, you know, like it hits the buttons that I want it to hit. Um, so I feel myself moving towards this. Like, I want to I want to play bass like uh, like it's there and I want to do it but I want to do it my favorite part of being a musician were the uh hangout rehearsals like the, the social part yeah it, it was rarely the show it was sometimes it was the show like yeah sometimes in in every way, like it was the show, absolutely. Um, but the you know when we're just playing for us, I get that. Yeah, and just because it's like it's like going over and having like a, a night with your friends where you only speak a different language, you know. Yeah. Like it's just this exercise for the mind. It's enjoyable. Like there's a bit of like 
uh, I don't know, clubbiness to it, I guess, you know? Like a, like, you know, like, like a, you know, uh, bowling league, hockey league, um, you know, like just social, yeah. You're following, social, following yeah. the bliss, right? You're following yeah. what that, if, whatever brings you that extreme joy. Mm. And it sounds like, you know, and it, it was a combination. It yeah. Was a, it was the company and the musicians that you were with and the actual social part uh, of it. And I would say, like, you're not playing to brand right. when you're in rehearsal. Um, you know, like, when you're in show, you're making choices for the song to push the song forward, but it may not be, like, the kind of mood or feeling that you want to put out there, you know, like, um, you know, yeah, there was one band where I felt like I was underused, you know, like, uh, like, musically, and I was like, and it was, it, it was more that me and the genre didn't really... Uh, you know, get along very well. But, so yeah, that, that feeling of playing for each other, so you, uh, and just exploring different ideas that aren't a part of, like, this group, or, you know, like, if we take extra time here, that's okay, you know? Um, it's just, yeah, it's this beautiful thing, so. So, um, the part B was, yeah. the, uh, and you did, t and you touched on it, and I think, you know, if you're an artist, you're just probably not going to do one main thing. You're going to have that one thing that you love, but you're also going to be able, you know, to do many things. Like, just like, you know, people, you know, they're actors and then they also paint, but they also, you know, uh, you know, they also do other things of, you know, an artistic nature. So we're talking about other things, uh, mm -hmm. other outlets, other creative outlets, and podcasts being one of them, music company being another. Yeah. And so I think, you know, these are other outlets to declutter your mind, to uh, bring you joy, to, you know, I don't know, whatever, you know, other things that bring you happy. And... I think what's difficult is that transition, mm -hmm. you know, because you, uh, well, for myself, I did that, impro I improvised a lot, and but then you stop, so, you know, well, what is that other thing? So I started painting, mm -hmm. and then I started doing, and now I'm starting to do a podcast. But the transition part, you figuring, or figuring that out, what else is, brings you joy, is kind of painful. Yeah. I think that can be... You know, that's that's hard, and I think that's what I'm struggling with now, you know. Um, because, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, respect to you for having, you know, finding out what those other creative outlets are mm. and, uh, and doing it, right? So. Yeah, that's the thing that drove me nuts about the food service industry was that it's very loud and... You're constantly being interrupted. You know? Like, you're just constantly being like, like, you're telling a story, you're about to get to the punchline, and then someone's Excuse just me, like, can I get water? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like, hey, can you go over there and do that thing? And I'm like, I, you know, like, just those little moments of, that's what keeps you smoking, is that, like, there's this escape outside, and, like, you could just, like, maintain your own thoughts. On the one hand, you know, like, like that was what drove me out of the food service industry, the, like the main driver. And on the other hand, though, like all of the business decisions that, that you kind of espouse yourself to, like prioritization and like, 
you know, like when do I service the when do I service the crowd, and when do I service myself? Have you not been serviced? <laughs> the crowd. You service the crowd, Jason, if you don't mind. <laughs> Sorry, the Raven has instructed me I am to service you people. Mm, no, but like, there's twelve people at the bar, and you've got uh, seven of the beer that's going yeah. in the fridge, you know. So like, when do you stop and restock the restock the bar? You know, and when do you you know just like little freaking things like just like little prioritization things, which I'm, I'm like, I I respect that that's a part of me now. Um, I'm glad that you brought up smoking because mm. those are uh, you know we talk about we, you know we talk about things that make us happy and little and what that is and figuring it out. Uh, and having multiple things that make us happy, not just that one thing. And um, you know, we talk. We're, you know, we're talking about improv class, and we're talking about music. You know, music, and but not everybody wants to take an improv class. Not everybody wants is a musician. You know, um, so what are those things? And you know, people smoke, smoking cigarettes, right? It's that five minute happiness of joy. You know, yeah, it's fueled by nicotine and it's not healthy, but you know. The first time that we got together with Jacob, right? yeah, yeah, and the two of you were talking about it, and I was absolutely quiet because I was just <laughs> sitting in the in the doorway, just going, "I really want a cigarette." I really want a cigarette. <laughs> right. I haven't had a cigarette in however many months, but like, yeah. So happiness, yeah. I mean, so happiness. Uh, someone, you know, maybe happiness comes in small doses, in a form of a cigarette, or in a form of a cup of coffee, or in a form of, you know, some, you know. Some forty something in a full house, you know, in the bathroom, you know, old guys. I take, you know, old guys like to have that private, you know, time. And sometimes it's the bathroom. I don't know. What do I mean? So I, you know, what what is that? What is it for you? You know, and I'd like to know uh, if uh, anybody ever wants to let us know and share that. You can uh, email us and let us know what that. Uh, how do you, you know, get happy and how do you? Uh, what are your little moments of happiness that like you like to do, you know, during the day to keep you sane, to keep you happy? Okay, so this 